Today with Catherine Ruinala. God, give us your spirit, Lord, strengthening us to be able to live unrestricted and unhindered in revelation of your great love for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Well, hallelujah. If you want to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts, we're going to start at Acts chapter 2. Now, so you know, Jesus Christ has come. He has given his life, freely given his life, suffered and died and been resurrected from the dead. And he's appeared to the disciples and is, is just glorious. And then after spending many days with them, he's taken up in front of them into heaven, ascended into heaven. And he told them to tarry in Jerusalem, to wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. So they're all gathered in the upper room. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Now, mind you, Jesus didn't say it's going to happen on the day of Pentecost. It just happened to be Pentecost Sunday. You know, God can get you any moment, any time when you're not expecting it. If you'll just posture your heart ready to receive, the Holy Spirit wants to touch you. Hallelujah. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Sometimes we can read this and become so familiar with it that we go, yes, yes, we know what happened on the day of Pentecost. But actually stop for a minute and think about this. Here they are in the upper room. And a sound comes into the room like a violent rushing wind. And then all of a sudden there's this like flame that breaks up and is distributed among them all and sits on each of their heads. And out of their mouths come tongues. Jesus didn't tell them there was going to be tongues. He didn't even tell them this. And it was so noisy and so supernatural that they, a crowd started to gather. I mean, they're hiding in the upper room and a crowd can hear them because there's a violent rushing wind and suddenly all this noise and, and tongues and they gather outside what's going on. And so they spill outside, still speaking in tongues, and the people can hear them. Some of them are hearing, some of those tongues are like, I can understand that language. And they're preaching the gospel in tongues. It's just glorious. Verse 12, and they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and saying they're full of sweet wine. You know, when God does something new, I want to make sure I am not one of those that ends up being a mocker, saying, oh, it's just something, there's an explanation for this. You know, it's easy sometimes in our sophisticated Western culture to start to attribute 
things that God does to natural causes. You know, God, God speaks, God does something, we go, oh yeah, yeah, but you know, it could have just been, it could have just been me, or it could have just been this, or it could have been that. We, even as believers, can sometimes be unbelieving believers because we're there's almost a, a cultural, there is a, a cultural thing in Aussie culture of just being sarcastic and cynical. But it's not supposed to be in the church. Hallelujah. God wants us to have tender hearts that don't, don't even um, get tempted to judge other people's experiences. I remember when the Holy Spirit started getting poured out um, in a really powerful way in the 90s. And I went to some meetings and I tell you, I just did not know if I liked any of this goings on. Like they were running around the room. We went to the entertainment center, I think, and um, Rodney Howard Brown had come. And I'd heard all sorts of things about this Rodney Howard Brown and not all of them were good. And uh, I, I was watching these people and like there's some of them doing like looked like crazy stuff. And I, I thought, to, I said to God, God, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Don't make me do that. And then he prayed for all the pastors and then told them to go and lay hands on everybody. And I said, no, thank you. No, no, don't, don't lay hands on me. Because I, I, I thought I might catch a demon. Like, I just like, I don't want that. I just don't seem very holy. Like, they're all laughing and carrying on. What's this? I'm just being honest. I was a mocker. I was saying, this is the flesh. That's the flesh. That's, that's definitely the flesh. Oh, my goodness. Do you see what that woman's doing? That's definitely the flesh. I went, but, you know, I was so hungry. The Holy Spirit was moving sovereignly. There was revival in the air. And my heart Oh, was still hungry and I couldn't resist going to these crazy meetings because I felt like there's, at least when I go there, my heart feels stirred, so i got to go back. And I'd go to these, what I call very unusual meetings, and I walked out of several of them offended. I really did because I'm like, this is, this is not serious. This is not, this is, no. They're joking. They're laughing. Look at that. Like, no. I did. I walked out of a couple of meetings, but I kept coming back because inside I was desperately hungry for more. I knew there had to be more. I was reading about miracles. I was reading about these things. I'm thinking, God, why are they, why, why don't we see it? in our everyday church services? Why don't we see it in our society on a regular basis? If, the whole, if this is the work of the Holy Spirit and we are called to do the same works as Jesus and greater works, then we need, i got to have more. And so I keep coming back until finally God did get me. Hallelujah. And I've never been the same since. Praise the Lord. But that's another story. But Peter, after they mocked them, mocked them and said, oh, they're just full of sweet wine, Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only the third hour of the day. Is that eight o'clock or nine o'clock? I don't know. Nine o'clock. There you go. Thank you, Carsten. Nine o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk, but they were thinking they were drunk. Why would they think they were drunk? Because they were so rowdy, I suppose. And they were so excited. 
and they must have been behaving in a way that was rather unusual. So people were saying, oh, they're just drunk. Peter says, they're not drunk. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will pour, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come and it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then Peter goes on to preach this sermon, this cracker of a sermon, like wow, to the point that everybody goes, oh, I need to be saved. And 3,000 people, this isn't an organized meeting, 3,000 people get saved, and it's glorious. There were, uh, that day were added about 3,000 souls, verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Say fellowship. Fellowship's important. Hallelujah. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. <gasps> this sounds like a revival to me. <sighs> there was this sense of awe. Wow, look what God's doing. This is amazing. Isn't it glorious? And, um, and you know, this is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes. He, he revives our hearts. He fills us to a place where we are different, where we are new people. And suddenly what mattered before doesn't matter anymore. Suddenly you've got a new obsession and it is not like anything you've had before. It is a, an awe and a wonder of this one who is worthy. Hallelujah. And so the apostles, the disciples there, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit as they were in prayer and, and waiting on the Lord. You know, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire just by giving yourself to hungering after it, to waiting for it, expecting for it and saying, I'm not leaving till I get it. Hallelujah. That sort of posture, I'm not going till I get it. That's like the woman with the issue of blood that said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. That sort of focused faith, that is a key. That's one of the ways you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Then if you just flip through and we, we go on, I can just tell the story in Catherineese. It's basically, you know, then they go on, they do more glorious miracles and signs and wonders. Everyone's like, oh, God, you're so wonderful. Signs and wonders will do that, you know. It'll cause people to be saved. It'll cause people to come to know him. And uh, then Peter and John are off to the temple, overflowing with the love of God and the joy of the Lord. And they see a lame man there. And the lame man says, give me some money. And they say, we don't have any, but we got something better. And the lame man gets up and walks. Hallelujah. It's glorious. 
you enjoying my storytelling? I'm trying to keep you engaged here. We're taking a journey through the book of Acts. Anyway, another opportunity to preach the gospel. Wow, people get saved and the authorities get really mad. And then they get arrested. And so they get arrested. And then they get interrogated, but they, the authorities are nervous about punishing them or doing anything bad to them because it's like there's been such a notable miracle. Everybody knows this guy. He's been, he's been lame since he was born and he's over 40 years old. What are we going to do? This is a notable miracle. Say notable miracles. I'm going to see more notable miracles that turn cities upside down. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord because he is the same yesterday, today and forever. And I love it. And, and Peter's, I, I love how Peter responds and says, why do you look at us as so by our power we've made this man walk? He, he gives all the glory to God. It's through faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that's made this man well. And then the authorities, they get mad. They say, don't preach in this name anymore. And they're like, well, we can't help it. We know what we know. And, I, and so they let them go. They go home. And they're all again together and they're praying and they uh, get together and they, they say, this is what they said, but hey, we're just going to pray. And they pray here in verse 29 of uh, Acts chapter 4. And they say, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. Say confidence. It's going to be good for our City Takers events tomorrow. All confidence, praise the Lord, by the Holy Spirit. Um. Grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. It's another sign and wonder. Like, how cool. I wore my hair up just in case there was a mighty rushing wind. <laughs> Sneakers just in case there's an earthquake. You never, never know. Hallelujah. But he seems to never do the same thing the same way twice, actually. So wonder what God's going to do. But I look here and I, they're filled again. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, but they've already been filled with the Holy Spirit. So what's going on here? must mean that we can be filled and filled again and filled again and filled again. In fact, Ephesians 3 talks about us being filled to overflowing with all the fullness of God. You know, God doesn't expect us to live off the, the smell of our last encounter or the memory of the last encounter. He has a fresh encounter for you tonight. Hallelujah. If you'll, if you'll go after it. Praise the Lord. And there's something powerful about coming together corporately. There's, there's a cluster anointing that comes as people come together. But you can look through Scripture and it's fascinating to just look at the filling of the Holy Spirit and you read about Stephen and how he was so filled with the Holy Ghost that his face was shining while they were being so nasty and saying such nasty things and then throwing stones at his head to kill him. And as he's dying, his face is glowing. And he's seeing Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father to receive the first martyr. And the, people, the people who were, the comment are made about him is that 
His face shone like that of an angel. And he was so bold. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm skipping over to, we'll skip over to Acts chapter 10, if you like. And we read about Cornelius. I'll just give a very brief Catherine overview here. Cornelius is not a Jew. But he loves God. And he's, he's been really generous. He's been giving. He's been loving God. And one day, the Lord speaks to him as he's praying. And he has a vision and he tells him, Cornelius, I've seen your love for me. I've seen your, your generosity. He says, now go and get this guy, Peter. He's staying in this particular place at this particular address. Go and get him and, t- and tell him I said to come here. Something like that. You can read about it. And uh, anyway, he sends off the guys. They go get him. And on, the, on their way to go get him, God speaks to Peter. Peter's up on the roof praying. And then he's hungry. And then uh, he realizes, okay, we've got a bit of while to wait before the dinner's ready. So he keeps praying. He has a vision about food. It would be very easy to put that vision down to a natural thought, wouldn't it? (laughs) Oh, this is fun. It would be very easy to put it down to natural thoughts, natural causes. But instead, it's actually an invitation for Peter to go with them. The Lord speaks and says, tells him he'll... To, to go with these men, don't be afraid, go with these men. He goes and he preaches to them. And as he is preaching, you can read it here in verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the, all the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. And this was a major shift. Wow. This is, wow, God's pouring out his Spirit on the Gentiles as well. Hallelujah. And a major shift for the Uh, for the whole church. It's so glorious. So you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit just hearing a message about the Holy Spirit, about Jesus. You can be touched by the Holy Ghost. It can happen just like that. The power of God can come. If we look at chapter 8, you can read here about um, Philip. He's another one filled with the Holy Spirit. The apostles got too busy um, and people were having starting to have fights about whose widows were getting served first and they said, look, enough of this. We can't do that. Other people have to do this. I'm good at this now. Praise the Lord. I'm getting better at this. Called delegation. <laughs> Aaron's laughing because he got a lot of the delegation. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but as... As they're saying, okay, who are we going to get to do this? We need some people who are going to look after these, uh, these things. We can't be waiting on tables. We need some other people. We need some people here who are known to be full of the Holy Ghost. And so they choose seven people. 
or however many, maybe seven people, a bunch of people. And Philip is one of them. And anyway, afterwards, Philip goes to Samaria and he's preaching about salvation in Samaria. And it's glorious and people are getting baptized and it's a, it's a major move of God. People are being saved and it's beautiful. Verse 14, we'll pick it up. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. So this is a new way, another way that people were receiving the Holy Spirit. The, um, the team in Jerusalem heard about this move of God happening down there. And so they sent Peter and John to do some impartation through laying on of hands. And these people had been saved and they had been baptized in the name of Jesus, but they hadn't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so they come and lay hands and people are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost as they lay their hands on them. And there's a guy there that's also already been baptized in water. Um, his name is Simon. He was a sorcerer. And everyone had been thinking he was so wonderful until the disciples turned up and they're like, whoa, actually move aside. This is a real thing. And Simon even got baptized in water and accepted the message. But when he saw that the gift of the Holy Spirit, this baptism of the Holy Spirit was happening as hands were being laid on, he went to the disciples and said, hey, that's really cool. I want to do that. How much do I have to give you? for you to give me that so I can do that too. And Peter got really cranky and, uh, and he was really sorry that he asked that question because he realized that is not how it works. But the point here is that there was an impartation through the laying on of hands. Something powerful happened when hands, because there is a tangible anointing. There's something tangible what happens when we are baptized with the holy ghost and fire it's it's tangible you know if you have been night and day you don't go am i i don't know am i no you know if you've been baptized with the holy ghost and fire you know you've been baptized with the holy ghost and fire and and that it's a transferable anointing it's something that you can receive through the laying on of hands and I've seen that happen over and over in my life through the laying on of hands, new impartations, fresh levels of glorious things that have happened. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with tongues, is that's a glorious and powerful encounter that will change your life forever. I remember young Emily was um, my daughter, Emily. She was, I don't know, I think you, maybe you were 12, 10. You were uh, four. 13, 14. <laughs> I can't read your head size. 13. There we go. We've got to get the story right. Should get a story right tonight. Praise the Lord. She was 13. She came for prayer for baptism in the Holy Spirit. I prayed for her. Nothing seemed to happen. 
We went home. I was in the kitchen. She was upstairs. And a little while later, she came running down the stairs, face aglow, saying, Mom, I speak in tongues. And on her bed, as she'd gone home, she just went, I, I received it, I received it. And out came the tongues. You know, there is no formula for how you receive, but God just wants you to receive. And he wants you to receive and receive and receive and receive and open your heart and receive and receive and receive. I believe the Holy Spirit wants each one of us to develop a lifestyle of hunger that doesn't get to the point of saying, I'm rich and full and have need of nothing. I love the Word of God. I enjoy it. I eat it. And I, I don't literally eat it, but I, I feed on it. And it's, it's the plumb line that keeps my life growing in the straight path. It's, it's the, the light of my life. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is the Word. We want to know him. We want to understand him. We want to line everything we up according to the will of God. But I don't ever want to become arrogant to the point that I become inflexible or rigid so that I can't receive the move of the Holy Spirit in a way that I haven't got control or expectation of. 